dear Helen, Judy, Diane, Susan, Stephen, Matthew, family, friends, grace and peace to you from God our Father and our merciful Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. In the wisdom of Almighty God, our Lord has taken from this veil of tears the soul of our brother Robert Franklin Morris, who departed this life this past Sunday, having attained the age of 82 years, 10 months, and 6 days. Soon the body God created for Robert will be lovingly and reverently committed to its temporary resting place in the great hope of the resurrection of all flesh. Bob Morris, the pillar. I heard this countless times from members of this congregation as I began my service here a few years ago. Unfortunately, from my first days here, I started to see Bob slowly decline. It was hard to watch. He loved so very much being a quiet, essential aspect of the operation here at St. John. Bob's life reflected the words of the psalmist. One thing I have asked of the Lord, that will I seek after, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to gaze upon the beauty of the Lord and to inquire in his temple, for he will hide me in his shelter in the day of trouble. Throughout the years here at St. John, Bob served in many different capacities, most especially as deacon, trustee, and the go-to guy for all print-related matters. I've heard that one of the very few times Bob actually tried to say no was to a fellow deacon, Stephen Howarth, who was attempting to enlist him to serve another three years as deacon. Bob was only hesitant because every time there seemed to be a hard reading with a bunch of difficult words to pronounce, it always fell to him. I understand an agreement was reached. Stephen Howarth began to carry his fair share, and Bob continued to serve. He served and served and served. Even when he could no longer, he still wanted to. In his last months, Helen would need to keep a close eye on him because he would walk out of the house in the direction of the church. A true pillar. The truth is, servants like Bob are essential to the proclamation of the gospel and the work of Christ's church Reverend DeGroat and Vicar Richardson are with us here today from a mission congregation in the city, a congregation that, that does not yet have servants like Bob to ease the load. It is a very difficult task for one pastor alone to carry. We give thanks for Bob, for his sacrifice, his service, his example to us. Bob lived a long, full life with tremendous love of his church, of his Lord Jesus Christ's teaching, 
his country, his family. But don't let yourself fall into the trap saying, well, that's just how things go. People grow old and die. No, Bob loved life in all its sweetness, despite the heartache and sorrow. There was yet so much more to live and see. The graduations of grandsons, the birth of great-grandchildren. There is certainly another diesel locomotive in need of restoration. More sunny days at the beach with family to enjoy. At death, we are left wanting more. Death is not natural. Yes, Bob's body slowly declined over his final years, but it was hard to watch because life is such a beautiful gift. Truth is, since Bob's last breath, all of us are four days closer to our own deaths. Death is an evil thing. Make no mistake. And yet, we draw great comfort from knowing that Christ came to destroy death. When we lower Bob into the grave in a few moments, the only thing that will bring peace, that will bring true comfort, is the answer to the question, can these bones live? Yes, yes, a thousand times yes. They will live again. For the body of Christ was not abandoned to the grave, and neither shall Bob's. Christ's body did not see decay, and therefore we know that Bob will rise at our Lord's reappearing with a full head of hair, no diabetes. He will live to sing our Lord's praise with a strong mind, full of great memories of our Lord's faithfulness throughout the years probably even the words of amazing grace, when we've been there 10,000 years, bright shining as the sun, we've no less days to sing God's praise than when we first begun. Whenever that would play on the CD player, Bob would ask for it to be turned up. Bob has run the course, has finished the race. His soul is now with Christ. His soul is with his son, Stephen. And he is with all the saints. For Jesus has said, and if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and will take you to myself, that where I am, you may be also. We wait with eager anticipation the great reunion of the resurrection of all flesh. Christ has won for us eternity in a new creation. This life must pass away, but what is yet to come will last forever. Do you want more life? And life void of sickness, disease, division, strife, and hatred? Then trust in Christ. Bob loved to tell me stories when I would bump into him at the church during weekdays, one story he told me over and over again was about the complicated efforts leading up to his wedding day and his marriage to Helen, his dear bride. He was in the Air Force and had to get special permission to leave the base. 
Did you know that Bob and Helen were married on Thanksgiving Day almost 59 years ago? Proverbs 31 tells us, An excellent wife who can find? She is far more precious than jewels. The heart of her husband trusts her, and he will have no lack of gain. Our Heavenly Father blessed Bob immensely when he joined him and Helen together that Thanksgiving Day in 1956. When I counsel couples before their weddings, I try to emphasize that the most precious task they have before them is to watch out for the souls of their spouse, to avoid anything that would jeopardize its eternal destiny, but to love in such a way as to see that spouse arrive safely in heaven, full of faith in Christ's all-availing sacrifice for their sins. Helen, thank you for caring for Bob, for loving Bob, for forgiving Bob all these years, and for setting such a wonderful example for all of us. Make no mistake, we are all sinners Bob and Helen confessed this regularly at the beginning of each divine service. It is critical to their biblical Christian faith. For Helen and all who struggle with the death of loved ones, let guilt have no place in your heart. You are freely forgiven by the one who carried all the guilt of the world to the cross. There are so many things that one can look back on in this life and wish they had done differently. Our adversary, the devil, will use these regrets, these sins, to tell us we aren't good enough. You need to know that the devil is a defeated foe. His lies are sad and pathetic in the light of the forgiveness that comes from the cross of Jesus Christ. Nothing can separate you from the love of God in Christ Jesus. Sinful actions, thoughts, doubts, they work to dissolve our faith. The only solution is found in the grace that flows freely from holy baptism. It is a gift that we carry with us throughout our entire lives. It is the very cross of Christ delivered. And when the Christian breathes the last breath, then the church, through Christ's ministers, call upon that grace in such a time as this. Bob was baptized in this font down in our old building in South Philadelphia. Jesus is faithful to his promises. Bob was given the Christian faith in the waters of this font. And that faith remained the conviction of Bob's throughout his entire life that Jesus Christ is the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through Christ. Yet Bob did not endure in the faith by his own willpower or strength. No, Bob made a lively use of the gift of the Lord's Supper. In fact, the very last time Bob was able to receive communion was this past Easter Sunday. As he took his last communion, the promises of Christ rang free and clear. Jesus said, I am the true bread of life. Whoever feeds on my flesh and drinks my blood has eternal life, 
and I will raise him up on the last day. For my flesh is true food, and my blood is true drink. Whoever feeds on my flesh and drinks my blood abides in me, and I in him. Bob was blessed to abide in Christ to the end. And now it is left to us to cling to these same promises that we too might be forgiven, might be strengthened to face our last hour and rest secure in the tender care of our Good Shepherd, Jesus Christ the Lord. For here we have no lasting city, but we seek one that is to come. As St. John records in the final chapters of Holy Scripture, Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the first heaven and the first earth had passed away, and the sea was no more. And I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Behold, the dwelling place of God is with man. He will dwell with them, and they will be his people. And God himself will be be with them as their God. He will wipe away every tear from their eyes, and death shall be no more. Neither shall there be mourning, nor crying, nor pain any more, for the former things have passed away, and night will be no more. They will need no lamp or sun, for the Lord God will be their light, and they will reign forever and ever. He who testifies to these things says, Surely I am coming. Amen. Come quickly, Lord Jesus. The Lord grant you rest from your sorrows and give you peace until you see his face at his reappearing. Amen. In the name of Jesus, amen.